A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Is there a chatterbox at your workplace and are they driving you off the wall? Well, it's actually possible to set boundaries and stick to them without being awkward or rude. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Jade Wu, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, we'll learn some practical tips for how to gracefully and nicely shut down the chatterbox so that you can get some work done and get some peace at the office. So we know that surviving and thriving in the modern workplace takes a lot of social skills. You have to be likable, but also assertive, hardworking, but not too uptight, a good problem solver, but not someone who steps on toes. In this ecosystem, how could you possibly thrive if you have a constant fly buzzing in your ear? I have a friend who is a total lady boss. She works in finance in New York City. I don't really understand what she does, but it's a high-powered job, and she is confident, effective, and just generally really good at what she does. But one time when our circle of friends asked how her job was going, she seemed so distraught that we thought something had seriously gone wrong. But it turned out that her new office mate was a chatterbox. Now, having someone like this in the office may not seem like a big deal, but for my friend and many others, it is. This person was an unrelenting, all-day, everyday talker. He did not seem to notice that she wasn't interested in his near-constant chatter. In fact, she was distracted, and it was agitating her and aggravating her, and she had such a hard time concentrating even when he wasn't talking, which made her productivity just tank. Just when she thought she could get back into her train of thought again, he would jump in with another quip. Telling him how busy she was didn't work, not responding didn't work, he would just repeat himself to make sure that she heard him. Asking their boss to give him feedback even didn't work. She was really at wit's end. And I know my friend is not alone. A surprising number of my patients have expressed significant distress about dealing with an office chatterbox. They feel not only frustrated by the distraction, but also guilty about the almost violent thoughts they sometimes have about their otherwise lovely coworker. But worry not, there are graceful ways of shutting that behavior down and tuning out a relentless chatterbox at work. And none of these strategies even involve throwing keyboards. Before we review these tips, first, make sure that you've given your Chatterbox coworker a fair chance. If this person is new, maybe they just want to be friendly and make a good first impression. They might be talking out of nervousness or following social norms from their last workplace. 
for the first few interactions, it's good to respond positively and give your new coworker a chance to save face. If it turns out that they really can't seem to read the room and they persist in bugging you, here are some boundary-setting tips. Tip number one, do not make eye contact and use other body language to disengage. If you are a nice person like my friend, you'll find yourself naturally inclined to make eye contact, smile, nod, and turn to face the person when they talk. This body language gives the signal that you're interested, and this positive attention actually reinforces the chatterbox's behavior. Instead, make eye contact with the spreadsheet on your computer screen while you tell Chatty Cathy that you are in the middle of something right now. Don't turn your body towards them and let your voice naturally sound distracted because you are, so you don't accidentally convey enthusiasm. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics, because that's who we are. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. So we already talked about using body language, not making eye contact. Now, what about what do you specifically say? So tip number two is own your discomfort. Make eye statements. So I've noticed that I and other polite people have a habit of expressing my discomfort by talking around it. So for example, I'm tempted to say something like, "Ooh, boy, this deadline is getting really close. Isn't it crazy how much work we still have to do today? What I actually mean is, I really need to work right now, so I'd rather not chat. Notice that the second version is an I statement where I own my feelings and express my wishes. If I blame circumstances or other people, I accidentally create this camaraderie and invite the other person to commiserate. Like, I know, they really didn't give us much time on this project. What's going on with the leadership anyway? And that leads to etc., 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 right? On the other hand, if I make it clear that I don't want to talk for a specific reason, then the other person would have to explicitly and knowingly override my wishes to keep talking to me. For many, that's already enough to slow them down. All right, so you have some words to work with now. So how do you keep this up from day to day? Well, tip number three is know what you are willing and not willing to engage with and then stick to that consistently. So I assume you sometimes are willing to talk to this coworker, or at least that you sometimes have to. It's important to know under which circumstances you're open to chatting and under which you're not. Once you've decided your boundaries, be consistent. 
Consistency allows your coworker to learn your patterns, and it prevents confusing mixed messages. For example, maybe you're willing to converse for five minutes first thing in the morning or during lunchtime, but not at other times. Maybe you're eager to chat in the communal kitchen, but not at your desk. Once you've decided on rules, you have to stick to them. It's like telling your five-year-old that they can only have cookies after dinner. You can't cheat and let them have the occasional cookie whenever they want, because five-year-olds will always push your boundaries, and so will adults actually if you're not consistent. All right, so now you're consistently using body language to set your boundaries, and you know what to say. And what about the cherry on top? Let's make this sustainable and nice, right? So tip number four is offer an alternative. Make sure to follow through. If someone is feeling an overwhelming urge to talk to you, they probably have a reason to. Maybe they want to share some exciting news, bond with you, or quell their anxiety or loneliness. This urge isn't likely to just go away, even if they start to notice your unwillingness to talk. So help them out by offering an alternative. Perhaps something like, "I have to concentrate on this report right now, but how about we chat at lunchtime? Are you free at noon?" Or if you're close friends with the person, "Oh man, I really want to hear your news. I just really need to hunker down on this today. Want to get coffee this weekend and catch up?" When you offer a concrete alternative, your coworker gets reassurance about your relationship and gets to look forward to a time when you can actually devote proper attention to them. They'll be more likely to be satisfied in the moment and let you get back to work. Of course, you need to follow through so your coworker knows they can count on your word. If you're flaky, then they'll learn that your behavior and boundaries are fuzzy. They might take it as an open invitation to not respect those lines. So, putting it all together, what might a quick and dirty script sound like? Well, first, let's think about stage direction. Don't face the audience. Instead, keep yourself pointed towards your work, and then, oh, hey, Kathy, I, I'm sorry, I'm under the gun here for creating this report. I really need to concentrate on this right now. Let's catch up at lunch. That's it. No need to hedge or be overly apologetic. You don't need to explain yourself a lot. Your response will seem more offensive, actually, if you try to elaborate on how sorry you are. So just be direct and confident. These tips should help you to turn down the volume on your overly chatty coworker. Meanwhile, let's also not forget to use a little compassion. The chatterboxes I've known have all been perfectly good people, including people who are actually particularly thoughtful and helpful. Maybe they weren't great at reading particular social cues, or they could have been nervous, overenthusiastic, or struggling with attention deficit hyperactive disorder, or ADHD for short. They may be going through some awful crisis at home and really in need of some empathy. You can certainly be a good friend and provide it if that's important to you. Just do it on your own time so you can do justice to your friend's emotional needs and protect your own boundaries. The good news is that using these concrete and direct strategies not only help you to stay focused, but can also help teach your coworker to read an essential workplace social cue. So, have you struggled with an office mate chatterbox? I'd love to hear your stories. You can connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. I am at QDT Savvy Psych on Twitter. 
and also at jadewuphd. If you want to make sure you never miss an episode, listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get evidence-based psychology insights delivered straight to your inbox by subscribing to the Savvy Psychologist newsletter. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure. I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.